What's up, guys? This is Danny Langloss, and you're listening to the Leadership Excellence Podcast. Please hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. Consider giving us a rating or review so we can keep growing and help more people. Thank you. There are so many things that impact our ability to achieve success, but none are more important than leadership. Individuals and organizations rise and fall with leadership. We are here to help you rise. Thank you for joining us. This is the Leadership Excellence Podcast. Hello, leaders, and welcome to Leadership Excellence. My name is Danny Langloss, and today I'm joined by Anthony Amunategi. We're going to be discussing so many important topics that are key to our leadership success. Mindset, controlling addictions, emotional intelligence, and communication are just a few of the topics Anthony and I are going to cover today. Anthony started out in construction with his own painting company, where he revolutionized part of the process for delivery zone builds and compressed the schedule significantly. This became a common thread for him throughout his career. After this, Discovery Zone brought Anthony in internally, and he relocated to Chicago. This is where he ultimately founded the CDO Group, the country's first true outsourced construction management company. Since that point, CDO Group has worked with some of the country's largest and most respected brands on everything from program planning to execution and general construction. He's been doing this for nearly 23 years. While this is very impressive, what is even more impressive to me is the culture that Anthony has created within his team. Anthony, welcome to the Leadership Excellence Podcast. Danny, thanks. Really excited to be here today. Uh, love, love your podcast. Thank you so much. So 23 years ago, you founded the CDO Group. Do I got that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, exactly how it started. You know, back then, did I imagine it was going to be 23 years I'd be in business? No way. It was, you know, we, we were a group of guys that had kept working ourselves out of a job, right? We were, uh, we had gone from a Blockbuster Video to Foster Market to Einstein Bagels and Discovery Zone, all, all those brands. We were internal, though. We kept working ourselves out of a job. We're like, you know, there might be a better way to do this. And we started noticing that companies were buying cows to get milk. They needed development support. And that's where I got excited. You know, back then, there was no such thing as outsourced construction management. You might have, you might have done, uh, you know, you get to a period, uh, every brand goes through this kind of year-end crunch. Uh, they all want to be open right before Thanksgiving. Back there, retailers were, if I can't get open right before Thanksgiving so I can get that Black Friday, right? That was a big deal. And uh, every brand would go through that crunch at the end of the year, and they would say, hey, can I um, bring on some extra people? Uh, typically someone that used to work for him. Hey, Bob, would you come over and help us get these projects over the goal line? And Bob would come in and help out. But there were no brands doing that. And I got the bright idea. Why don't we do that? Why don't we offer companies that outsource construction management support? And, uh, and we did that. And, and you know, 22 years ago, it was revolutionary. And then as outsourcing changed, we were standing in front of the floodgates and boom, right? All of a sudden, uh, we got the opportunity to do this in a grand way. And, it's been an amazing journey. Amazing journey. Amazing. Tell me about your team. How many team members do you have throughout the company? You know, we got uh, 50, so right over 50. And uh, we do right around $85 million worth of construction a year. Wow. You know, our brands, uh, we would do, you know, in uh, 2018, we broke that $85 million mark. Uh, 2019, we broke all 50 states. Uh, we do uh, projects, you know, and, and we also work in Canada. So it's been uh, fun. You know, my evolution is really the, one of the, my favorite parts about this. As I evolve as a leader, you know, watching, you know, that's probably my favorite part about the business is watching my own evolution, you know? Leadership really is a journey. And, 
you know, why don't you talk to us a little bit about your journey? You've shared some of that evolution and journey, and now you, you're, you're, you're kind of taking a little bit of a turn. Like CDO Group is full scale running, 50 states, $85 million a year, but you're really driven to make a positive impact in other people's lives. Talk about that. You know, Danny, as I, like, you know, like what you're up to, I've noticed something about life that there was companies, you know, look, making money, something I did, right? It was great, but it was kind of empty, right? And it was not very fulfilling. In fact, I would tell you that I was looking for all kinds of fulfillment in all other aspects of my life. If it wasn't uh, finding happiness in all kinds of different uh, exterior of for myself, right? Uh, could you buy a nicer cars or could you drink more? Could you, you know, whatever else outside of me could find that. As I started looking inward, I started noticing, all right, as I got to change and work on myself, I noticed that that journey was the most fulfilling. And I started to notice that if I looked at the people that worked for us, and if I helped them become better, the company became better. You know, we, we did a great job of hiring great people, right? We had these great, 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 I mean, the staff that's here, every once in a while, I look at myself and pinch myself and go, wow, these, this amazing staff of people. And as I get to work with them and watch them grow, and that's, that's where I spend most of my time with today. But more than run the business, they run the business. I work on how do I look at my leadership team? How do I work with their teams? And as I make each individual employee at CDO Group, give them the, the roadmap and guidance and support to be better humans, the company just naturally grows. And it's grown exponentially once that, you know, about, that really started happening about four years ago. And I started listening to podcasts like yours, right? You know, where I really started getting into, you know, uh, brands and people that were, were talking about how to grow uh, your people. And that's what got me excited, right? And that's what got me excited about uh, having the opportunity to be on your podcast. It's, it's a great, uh, great uh, podcast. Um, and that's what it's all about. Our people, their growth. You said something that, that is so powerful. How, how, do, how do we help people become better humans, right? How do we invest in our people? And, you know, it's funny. Some time ago, I was having a conversation with somebody one of my bosses, and this is a while ago now. And they said, you know, what, what concerns me the most about you, I know you can do a good job, but I'm worried that you'll sacrifice the results and put people first. And I kind of just laughed. Like I kind of just, I kind of just laughed. And I said, you don't get it. If you take care of your people, you never have to sacrifice the results. But if you put results first, You'll drive your people into the ground. You'll lose your best people and you will never be and ever become what it is that your team can be. And people just get it wrong. It's not a choice. It's not a, it's not a choice. If you don't ever put a seed in the ground, it doesn't matter how much you water that ground, that plant's never going to grow because it's not there. Right? That's right. You know, as I look at the individual, uh, the, the people that are here, you know, one is spending time with them, right? As I, I do one-on-ones with everyone in the leadership team uh, once a week, right? We sit down and it's not about measuring their performances. It's about knowing them, right? Here, most of my one-on-ones with people have nothing to do with the business we run. It has more to do with where we're at, what's going on in their lives, what's happening with their families, their wives, their children, the, their environments. And, you know, spending time there is a pretty good place to start. You know, we do things here like, um, you know, it's really important that uh, mind, body, soul, right? CDO group pays for uh, 
their, all of our employees' fitness clubs, right? We really here not just we don't just send them to fitness clubs. It's not like they go to you know some ten dollar a month uh, fitness. But we send them a personal training, right? We, most of our people are doing three to four days a week personal trainers. Right? I mean, they're they're it's it's amazing how much different it is when we go and spend the time and money for them to really invest in their health, right? Because healthy people see things differently, right? They start to really work on uh, their their energy levels through the roof, right? And you can really see those little nuances if you do that. You know, the other something we really work on around here is, you know, what I call the big big red bag of crap, right? You know, it's a big Santa bag. You ever see, you ever see those guys who walk around, they're kind of lifeless and they're lethargic and they're frustrated. And I start to look at it and go, all right, what's inside the red, big red bag of crap, right? And you start looking at things like, all right, where am I, where am I, you know, character defects, right? What, what are the things that are going on? And that's something that's self-discovery, right? I, I, I'm not there to tell you what your character defects are, but we start to look at them and I start to explain mine, right? How, how my journey goes with that. And then we start working on, working on those things, right? How, where else in my life do I owe amends, right? Not just in my personal life. How about in my business life? Where did I tell somebody I was going to do something? I didn't do it. But what I notice is that once we start to break those ethical boundaries in any way, right? And we're looking for ethics to be at its utmost in every part of it, right? Every, when we make a commitment to each other, right? When I say I'm going to be somewhere at a meeting at 10 o'clock, I'll be there at 10 o'clock and be ready. Just noticing that those little breaks in my ethics or my integrity start to cause me energy drops. Right? If you ever, ever go, like, I don't want to go to a meeting or don't want to go there, I can usually look back and go, all right, what did I do? What's, what's wrong in my relationship? It's rarely where I, where I want to go to a meeting with somebody that uh, I'm working with well, do I not want to go there, right? Same thing with yeah. projects. The projects so right, we certainly look at those places. Where in our life is the energy getting sucked out of it? What is it? Where, where are the spots where uh, that's not working? And I try to be, I try to do it for my own life, right? I, I think that uh, if you're going to be a leader, it's, it's not pointing out their character defects. It's you being the example of yours and going, hey, look, here's what I noticed today. I said I was going to do something. I didn't do it. I, I told that person I'd meet with them. I didn't meet with them. Um, hey, you know, today in my relationship, uh, you know, here's, here's things that I'm working on. Um, so how about health? You know, we used to have around here fried chicken lunches and pizza, and we really worked a lot on uh, and upgrading that, right? How do we find great, healthy ways to feed our people so that we're not, you know, that afternoon, two or three o'clock, lethargic feeling that, oh, you know, you're just ready for a nap, right? And that, that's what we used to do around here. We, we'd, we'd stuff them full of pasta and pizza and thought we were doing people a favor. We're giving them a free lunch. We're like, no, we just set the bad, ex or, or there'd be bowls of candy out around the office. Today, we, we put bowls of fruit out there, right? It's, yeah. it's a couple more bucks. But by the way, it looks pretty also. You walk out there, it looks like flowers. I go, if we throw out five bucks worth of fruit a week, who cares, right? At the end of the day, the statement that we make to each other when we, we, we do that rather than the junk food, it just becomes part of a culture around here. And uh, it feel, for me, it feels great. It feels like uh, when I see us making those choices, I'm like, that feels great that we're making the, the right choice rather than the bad choice. And uh, when we hire people, we tell them, hey, this is what we're up to. And people get pretty excited about that opportunity. You can, you, really, you can really see that thirst in most of the people that we hire that are looking for to be part of a group of people that are up to the good stuff rather than you know, 
people that are not up to the good stuff. And uh, so I, I think that it also attracts people that want to be part of this. Uh, and that ultimately makes us a much tighter group of people. Yeah, 100%. You just unpack some incredible, incredible things there. Somebody just recorded a podcast on energy and energy management and how people are generally intentional about developing skills, competencies, knowledge, but, but very few places are intentional about how do we manage and create, right, and, and re-energize that positive energy. And it, it sounds like that is a huge focus for, for you and for your team. And, and that has to start at the top. You know, Danny, for sure it does, right? I mean, like, like you know, the people that you lead, if I don't lead by example, and, and I can see it throughout my, and, and, you know, in the past, look, we're in construction. People love to take you out drinking. You know, uh, you know I've owned this company now for 22, it'll be 23 years since February. And I would say for the early part of this, I thought that my job was to find clients, get them out drinking, and the truth I found out was those clients rarely ever got me the kind of deals that made, made a difference in our business. And we would grow, we'd be a million, we'd have a two million, now we'd go back. But it seemed like they were, the kind of clients that we attracted were never substantial. No one really wants to give the big deals to people who go out and get drunk, right? To people that behave uh, unethically at, at night. They go out and do, and this business is kind of littered with that. Look, I, I personally would be part of that, you know, taking people out and doing you know, how many cocktails do we have in a night? And, and, you, and you never really, it, you were kind of messed up with the logic there. Hey, I'm making friends with them. Well, no, you're really setting an example of who you are. Well, about four years ago, I stopped drinking altogether. I realized it wasn't really useful for my life. And somewhere in there, it dramatically changed the people that I was surrounded myself with, right? Uh, the people that we hired were different. The customers that we attracted the multi-million dollar deals came in because now people can look at you with just such a different way of being that, than it was before. And, and you know that your clarity of mind, right? You know, a big belief around here is that you, you've got to sleep eight hours. When people tell me they, they're working a 70, 80 hour week, I'm like, stop. I, here, I do not, I will not allow you to do that. You know, a lot of our people travel, right? There's a lot of travel. You know, we'll, we'll do all night remodels for, for companies like CBS or McDonald's, or and they really got to be cognizant, especially of those people that are on the road, our superintendents that are on job sites. Look, I, I say to them all the time, I know you get up early, but my goal is to have the healthiest superintendents in the business, right? I want to make sure that you get out at two o'clock when you're going to the gym, right? Before you get home, get a workout in. Well, I'm t listen, the more you're tired, the more you're tired. The more I go to the gym, the more energy it shows up. Now, I'm not forcing you to do that, but I just can tell you that once we set the example and we kind of show them that there's an opportunity there and we pay for it, all yeah. of a sudden it kicks in and they're like, why, why should I take advantage of that? Well, I'm coming to work for you because I definitely need a personal trainer. <laughs> I definitely need some of that motivation. COVID knocked it off a little bit and then a few, few things along the way. You know, I, I was going to ask you what fuels and drives your passion for leadership, but you've described that. Uh, tenfold and really talked about a lot of what makes your culture one of those unique cultures where people in your field want to come to work for you with your team. And, and if I had to take a guess, you have very low turnover, very low retention issues, and, and, and there's high energy, positive energy within your team and within your culture. 
here, this morning I walked in, there were two separate books on my desk, right? I got Matthew McConaughey's book over here, Green Light, from one guy, and I got and another one from our HR, Higher Rate, from, a, from HR sitting on my desk, both of them right here. And then when I saw that, I thought to myself, I chuckled inside, like, I love when people bring, they know how much I love books. And, you know, there's this thirst I have for the knowledge, and, and, and now they're kind of onto it, too, right? You know, they, they, they play the game. And they're like, hey, I got this great book I just got done reading. I love that feeling when someone comes running in here. You know, I've got uh, the head of marketing, uh, Vice President of Marketing, Vinny Tool. He is religious about it. He's got a new book for me all the time. And he's, he's reading, he goes to two books at a time. I'm like, all right, now you're making me jealous. I'm a one <laughs> kind of guy. But, uh, you know, it, it, that culture happens around here. And then, you know, like, I'll give you an example. His team operates that way. You know, today, this morning, right before this podcast, they had a sharpen the, sharpen the saw meeting. They have one every Thursday where their team goes through and they invite someone from the different organization, part of the organization to come in and talk about what they do for the organization because they're sales and marketing. They really want to know what our brand does. And they bring in one of the you know, directors from the other parts of the company and they talk about you know, what they do and why it makes a difference in the customer's life. So that when the marketing and salespeople are out there talking to people, they really get it from their point of view. Right, and to watch this meeting today, I just thought to myself, ah, "That's awesome that we're we're creating this kind of environment," uh, and just so proud of of the, what that young man's doing uh, with his group. Um, and and Eric, he looks at it from his the people that do cold calling for him, social media people, all the way to his to his you know business development folks, and everybody on there uh, as as you know same importance. It's just, you know the youngest people on the team and the uh, oldest people on the team, you know, he's investing in all of which. Yeah, they're all human beings. Doesn't matter if they're the custodian or the vice president of operations, how we treat people uh, should be as human beings, right? With that dignity and respect. I think that's what I hear you saying right there. Well, we, we say it here, we go, hey, a great example of who we are is when the mailman walks in, is his life better because he walked in our door today, right? Who are we in the, in the community? Does our mailman benefit from the relationship we, we create with them, right and, that, and that's kind of the statement we want to be is that you know it's not just our, our our group but our community group our families that we involve right and and the people in in those communities uh, that's where we, we make the difference and it, it starts to echo right and uh, uh it's, it's 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 really contagious you know well it's a ripple effect right it's a multiplying yeah. effect it's so powerful anthony let's dive in so and we've talked about some of it a little bit, but we're going to talk about mindset, controlling addictions, understanding of our emotions, the importance of communication and a couple of things. So, you know, mindset, I believe that mindset is the foundation of our success. It's the foundation of our happiness. I mean, it's just the foundation of our quality of life. What, what are you doing personally and as, and as a company in the area of mindset? Danny, you could be more right. You know, I, mindset is not something you have or you're born with. It is, not, it is not a gift that God goes, here you go, you've got a great mindset. Now, you might have some great talents. It is a product of behavior. And for me, I've got to tune it in. You know, my, my mind doesn't start off, my mind starts off in Jurassic Park. There are pterodactyls and there are T-Rexes running around there just looking to cause, now this morning, now, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We've got politics going on. There's lots of reasons for the, for the 
uh, T-Rexes to run around eating people all day in my brain, right? And before I even got out of bed, they were, they were loose up there, right? It's, it's, I, I call it Jurassic Park run by the Food Balloon Committee, right? And just, what, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? And the first thing I have to do is get out of bed. And the first thing I do in the morning is I hit my knees and say thank you, right? I've created this higher power that I say thank you to. And an attitude of gratitude starts my – I have a mat in my bathroom. That reminds me. It's not like I'm some sort of genius. I, just, I, I bought this special mat, and it, uh, it's kind of fluffy, and it's good for my old knees. And I go over there, and I just say thank you. I'm not even sure what I, how I describe that being I, I say thank you to. And that, that's the way I start. And then I go – for me, while I'm brushing my teeth and I'm shaving, I, I hit a YouTube video. And every morning I'm looking for uh, something that's in the positive mind for Today, I happened to watch uh, Yuri's, uh, the, the, the book, uh, I had read a, a while back, um, uh, Homo Deus, and uh, you know, he, he's talking about the future of mankind and where AI impacts it, right? And it just feeds, you know, my belief is that my brain, if I, if I, leave, it, if I leave it where it was, it will, it will just keep using the same information over and over and over again. Right now, I've got to feed it new information. Well, Yuri's in there talking about AI and how the future is going to change how that might impact our, 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 our future. So I took that uh, all the way to the gym this morning, right? I shaved through that. Um, and, and as I go to the gym, I listen to that podcast all the way to the gym. I walked in and some folks at the gym started talking about this, the, that book. And uh, I thought, man, it was, so we had two book, good books to tell. He's got Sapiens and he's got Homo Deus. I don't know if you've got to read any of those yet, but they're interesting, right? It talks about kind of where we came from and then kind of where we're going. And that started a pretty good conversation in the gym. And then my, my trainer goes, yeah, are you trying to get out of working out? Get your ass over here and start working out. Right? <laughs> and through there, you know, today I pushed the limits and I got myself, I, I, I broke a PR, personal record. Right? And uh, that felt really good. Right? I got uh, in the squats and I got to break that 300-pound area. Right? And it just felt good to break that. That's a pretty good way to start the morning. Yeah. Right? And from there, I've got a group meeting, a group of people that I meet with at 6.30 every day. And the group of us, I call them my board of, my mental board of directors, right? And the group of us, uh, we meet every morning at 6.30. It's an hour-long meeting. And we talk about something that uh, is positive and a way to you know, make our lives a little bit better. And once I'm done with that, I'm tuned in pretty well. Now, once that door opens in my office, I'm able to communicate at a different vibration than I did from Jurassic Park when I started the morning, right? So, my, so that's, that mindset is not something, you know, uh, Tony Robbins calls it priming, uh, multiple, you know, there's multiple things that people call it. Uh, but that's, that's, that, that's a kind of a four step start to my morning that seems to have worked pretty well uh, for me. What an incredible, and I, when I hear you talk about that, I think of a term they're using a lot in, in leadership and around energy and, and mindset and motivation or, or rituals. Um, and, and what do we do? Our habits. What we do every day consistently is who we are, right? And those habits set it off. And, you know, somebody was talking to me a while ago about, you know, don't, the worst thing you can do is wake up in the morning and turn on the news, especially right now. Um, and so waking up in the morning, intentionally starting with gratitude, you know, intentionally taking and putting something positive into you, mindset, learning through YouTube, through the podcast, going to the gym, you know, and this, uh, the kind of, you talked about the mental board of directors meeting that you have that that's a very positive thing, you know, that creates something much different 
than if you wake up in the morning, slam down five cups of coffee, turn on the news, eat you know hash browns and eggs, and throw something else fattening on there, some sour cream or something. The the you know this, I really want to get conveyed to people like mindset is something we can control, right? It's something that we can control. How do you, so how do you transition your, your mindset, right? And, and how do you equip your team, right? To fit what their life is to generate, you know, I'll call it a winning mindset or a mindset of champions or just a positive mindset. I think it's, it's a couple of things, right? One, I can't make anybody do anything. Right. If, if I if I said, look, you can't work here unless you do what I do. I, you know, I wish I could, you rarely have I seen anybody fail who does what you know who does the mindset stuff. Right. I mean, rarely can I look across our, our our group and ever see anybody fail if they follow that four set setup in the morning. Right. If they go through the uh, something positive, you know, a, a gratitude, something positive in their brain, hit the gym. Right and get your, to your board of directors, whatever your board of directors is, right? My board of directors is a different group. Yours will be a different group, right? If you can get to those four things, rarely have I ever seen anybody fail, right? And I, I see that um, the best I can do is set the example. We talk about it, right? We have, a, we have a two, two company-wide meetings every week, right? We do one on Monday when we get people, you know, we try to transition from the weekend to the work day, right? And it's a, that's a simple check-in, right? With 50 people, that's become a little bit more complex, right? So, uh, and we've got people all around the country and how do we bring them in and get them from the weekend? Now, welcome to the work day and set that mind. And we talk about, you know, checking out, the meeting really consists mostly about how, how are we doing with getting our mindset right? right? Are we ready for today? Checking with people, right? And then every once in a while, we'll, we'll talk about a new client that we have on board and excitement we have, but really it's more about transitioning uh, into mindset. And then same thing on Friday, right? We really celebrate the week, right? Look at it and go, all right, have gratitude for what the people have done here. Every week I can find great gratitude in the works that, that, are, that are happening around it. And we go around and we call them blessings, right? Which are, and I don't mean to be hokey or, you know, some, I'm not, we're not like hippies sitting out here going, hey man, blessing. No, it's like, hey, thank you. You're, you and your team did great work today. And here's, here's the stuff that we really noticed. And, hey, did you guys notice that uh, we, we broke a new client today? And here's a, Here's a new opportunity. Or, or hey, did you see the email that we got from that client? Uh, you know, just just praising the group they worked with. You know, those things really people remember that they take it to the to the weekend, right? And the thing we always end that meeting with, let's let's take it all the way to the end of the week, take it all the way to the end of Friday, right? So a lot of companies that are out there, you know, their people are checked out halfway through Friday. They're, look, I, I find our people. Let's check out when we check out. We don't need to work 80 hours a week. We just need to work the 40 and work the 40, right? I don't need you here till nine o'clock at night. I don't need you here uh, all weekend long. Come in your 40 hours, do your, do, your, do your work. But when you're here, be here. When you're home, be home. When you're at the gym, be at the gym, right? And that's a, you know, those are hard practice. Because I, I can even notice myself. If I go to the gym on top of something, oh, like I got a big meeting going on, right? Uh, Mondays, I, I, I noticed that this week. Uh, you know, I, I had a, a big meeting going on and my, my gym practice suffered because of it, right? Because the whole time I was there, I, I kind of did my workout, but, you know, it really wasn't there, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the trainer said something to me, but he said, hey, it's okay. You're not going to always be here. 
I'm like, great, I just, I'm chewing on something. I really want to be prepared for this. Great, why don't you go get prepared for that? And I cut out a little bit early, went prepared for it. So uh, just you start to notice yourself doing that. And we'll notice that about others. You know, there's some going on in their life, or family members having an illness, or they're having a problem. That's why we've got to check in with them personally more than the, the office. Like knowing you know, what's going on with a family member or uh, a relationship they're having. Yeah, I love that. I love that. It, um, I love the way you're taking and you're conveying that and you're implementing that, right? And you're modeling and, and, and you're leading by example. You're walking the talk. And then you see the impact it has. Like, look, at the end of the day, it's amazing that things are going well in the company and your company is doing so well. But, but I heard early on when you talked about it, I mean, it's like helping people become better human beings, be happier, more fulfilled. For you, it just fills you up to see that in your team. That's, that's awesome. That's you, awesome. You, no matter how much money, and I, you know, like you're an entrepreneur, money's been great. It's not really fulfilling. You know, uh, my, my family and I did this great adventure this year, right? We went around the world. And I was wondering, when I was 50, I said, I'm going to go around the world when I was 50. And when I was 50, I couldn't quite do it. And my wife looked at me, she goes, you look like someone took your puppy. I'm like, no, nah, I just wanted to really go around the world. She's like, you're going to go around the world. And on my 51st birthday, she put together this big old birthday uh, uh, party. And she put a map of the world up there and people came and they put map pins on it. And, and we, I sort of planned it out. And I remember the first day, I'm like, we're going to go around the world. She goes, yeah, yeah. I remember the first day I went on this website. It was called airtrex.com. I went on to airtrex and I, and, I, and I just put in destinations. And all of a sudden, oh my God, how, how much do you think it would cost to go around the world? The, the, around the world tickets for eight stops were 6,000 bucks. I thought they were like five times that much, right? You started looking at little bite-sized chunks. Like, all right, we could, we could, so we bought them on our credit card, right? And then we paid that off before the trip. And then, you know, you start to, then, then we were like, all right, well, we went around the, we can go around the world. We bought the tickets, but it wasn't very fulfilling. And my wife goes, you don't seem like you're fulfilled. I'm like, yeah, it just seems like, just because we can go around the world and put money on it. So then she goes, well, what do you think would be fulfilling? I go, well, how do we help somebody? Well, all of a sudden that trip became, Let's do something on every stop, right? What can, who can we help on every stop? Well, all of a sudden it became this grand adventure of helping different groups. So the first group we went in Hong Kong, we got to go clean up an island. And then we, uh, so we stopped our vacation. We, went, we took a boat out to an island. We picked up garbage and stuff. And you thought to yourself, you're on vacation, you go pick up garbage. But that was probably more fulfilling than eating the bugs we ate in the food tour that we took in Hong Kong. Or we, there were little old ladies called cardboard grannies in Hong Kong you, at 65 you have to retire and they we went with them and we picked up card helped them recycle cardboard to make money like that was as fulfilling as all the other things that we found out about Hong Kong and then and we did that we did that for every country we went to uh, we had little adventures in helping you know schools or like in Africa we built a couple of schools in India we worked on another uh, school this amazing school run by uh, the Krishna folks and it was Completely, you know, they're, they're, people are different than we are. They look different. The sounds are different. Everything about it was different. But when we go look at those little girls' faces, the girls that they're saving, and we were part of, you know, uh, girl power and the stuff. My daughters lit up like a tree, right? And still today, they have friends and pen pals from that adventure. And no matter what we saw in India, those girls impacted our life. So I just noticed that as we get out of ourselves and we work on those little gifts, the money will come. 
it will come. What you need, it will give us, the world will give us. The part that's really, really fun is we start to find that way to help others, like you're doing. What you, what you get up every day doing with this podcast, that's, you know, I found more fulfilling than anything else uh, I've, I've ever gained. So that's, that's what drives me for it, you know? What, what, an, what an incredible, uh, thank you for sharing that with us because it is so important. We talk about money is really a short-term motivator. It doesn't create happiness, fulfillment, joy, any of those things. And just the idea of, okay, we're going to do this trip and we're blessed to be able to do this trip because of the hard work that you've done and then to intentionally still be serving others. I mean, that's the true heart of a servant leader, of a giver. And it's just, it's just really inspiring to, to hear that. We're going we're gonna to transition a little bit here uh, to, to, to keep moving because you've got, there's just a lot of incredible insight. And I mean, we, we met and talked last week. I was just blown away by just the way you look at things and break things down. Let's talk about controlling addictions. Mm. That's a great topic. You know, I, uh, you know, four years ago, I, I quit drinking. It was because I, I was a, you know, I'm an alcoholic and I can't drink. And I started to notice that it started off with just a cocktail here or there and then became a little bit more. And then you started adding in medications that my doctor would give me, right? I'd go and get uh, this medication or that medication or, oh, I have ADD, so take this medication. And then the combination, no, no one ever tells you the combination of those aren't there, right? And I started to get myself, no matter what I would take, I just never felt right. right? I was always, I would take this combination, or I would try this combination. I just never felt right. right? I just never quite got happy enough. I couldn't get there, couldn't get there enough. I might get it for a moment where I didn't feel, but never quite feeling satisfied. That feeling inside of just something was missing. And somewhere in there, it got out of control. I had, to, I had to say that, thank God I have a beautiful wife who, you know, I remember, and the, and the, and the people in the company here, I remember they, they did an intervention on me. They grabbed me, they're like, hey, Anthony, we're not sure what's going on, but we just were worried about you. And I'm like, don't worry, I got this. And then I didn't have it, right? And then my mother called me up and said, hey, Anthony, um, your, your father's dying, you gotta come down here. And I drove down to Florida on medication with my kids in the car. And I got down there, and she did an intervention on me. And it was hard, right? It was embarrassing. I don't tell you, it's, it was really embarrassing, but I was like, no, don't worry, mom, I got this. And I, and I didn't have it. And I got back home, and I realized I still didn't have it. I woke up one morning, I'm like, I don't got this, honey. I need help. She goes, I know. And there was this little tiny window, right? This little tiny window. I had a little bit of hope. If you guys get that little bit of window of hope, take it, right? Because I, I, I called my insurance company and said, We've got a treatment center for you in South Bend, Indiana. Now, we live in Chicago, right? I Ubered. Imagine, I Ubered from here. That window was so small. I just I, I grabbed a backpack. I Ubered to this treatment center, and it was wonderful. I got off the merry-go-round, and I got to see it, right? Because I couldn't see it. The problem I was having was you don't realize it, but you're in withdrawal all the time. So you would drink, and then you're like, okay, that's it. I, I was the kind of guy that threw everything out. Every Sunday night, 60 minutes would come on. I'm like, that's it. This week, I'm not going to do it. And then by 2 o'clock the next day, that there was something, something that was drawing on me. And I never realized that I was in withdrawal, right? And all of a sudden, I'm, I, there would be a, a drink in my hand again. I'm like, oh, my God, how'd that happen? And then that would happen over and over and over again. Now, since I got sober, I've noticed that same type of addiction with many other things in my life, right? The sugars, 
right? I, I, I can't tell you, I'd, I'd be tired in the afternoon. Oh, I'll have some sugary something to pick me up, right? Today I drink uh, items without sugary because I realize that I'm a, I, I can get addicted to sugar, right? I hear the stuff that's in my life, the diet that I eat, things that I eat, those really do affect my energy level. And today, sometimes I fall out of, out of, out of it. I'll, I'll tell you one that I, I've been struggling with late, lately is caffeine, right? I, uh, I don't drink much coffee, but you know, I was on a road trip and I, had, I thought, oh, I'll have a cup of coffee. Boom, I stopped at one rest stop for a cup of coffee and the next rest stop, I was eating fast food. Boom, right? It starts that little trigger. All of a sudden, I'm now I'm eating, I'm stopping, I'm buying bags of chips. And all that good stuff that you work on could go right out the window in three stops of a, of a road trip. And you know, all of a sudden, I'm wondering why I'm feeling lethargic. Why am I feeling sluggish? Why am I arguing with my wife? Those are little, little, little side effects of the diet and the way that we eat. And I don't think we talk about that enough. You know, our, our society keeps trying to pump us full of all of this stuff that uh, uh, they want to sell us. And we're like little guinea pigs over here eating, eating from that trough and um, wondering why we're all feeling weird, right? Why we're all feeling a little bit off. And uh, I don't think enough is said about that. And I just challenge us as we, as we you know, start to notice that, what are the things I'm eating? By the way, when am I sleeping? Right? Am I getting eight hours of sleep at night? You know, uh, one of the practices I had, to, I used to sit up watching TV, right? And I would notice that if I don't sleep, I'm really not aware during the day. I go unconscious, right? You get what I'm saying? Like, I can't be, all of a sudden, I, 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 for me, snacks and sugary foods, I've got to stay conscious all day. What I mean by that is I've got to make sure I'm planning out what I'm eating. Because all of a sudden, if I go through a day and I don't plan it out, I, I went to do, a, a, I went to do a, a, a little thing for someone, the other day. I went to a job site, and I forgot breakfast. And I get to the job site, and there is a, a fast food restaurant right next door. I skipped breakfast. I ran out to a job site, not eating. And all of a sudden, now I'm eating fast food. And I just walked away from that, noticing, huh, you went unconscious for a moment. You know, hunger took over. It's like an addiction. Uh, hunger took over. And I, w- I went right to the, you know, my oh, sugar, great. Uh, if you, any of you, have you ever smoked? Did you ever smoke, Danny? I, fortunately, the first time I tried it because I thought it looked really cool, I got yeah. sick. So I was blessed to have done that and never smoked again. <laughs> you know, I, I was a kid and, I, and, I, and I, I picked up smoking. Anybody who ever smoked, any, any of those who's ever smoked, you know this feeling if you want to quit, your mind will do anything to talk you into, oh, it's just one. I oh, just, just have a couple of puffs, right? Oh, then you have a couple of puffs. You're like, you know what? I'll quit. I'll quit at the end of the week. Get to the end of the week. You know, I'll, I'll quit next week. Our, our addictions to things, it's so cunning and baffling and powerful that it just works. Our minds lie to us, especially when it's an addictive behavior, right? It just talks us into these behaviors and we don't even notice it. You know, we get, we get cooed by the mind. And I say that our job, Danny, is that we've we got to keep tricking it back, right? We have to keep tricking it back and putting those things in place and keep it from go, letting it go where, uh, uh, where it wants to, you know, it, it wants us in that pattern. I never quite understand why, right? I never understand why the mind does that to us, but uh, those addictions. Always looking for some kind of gratification. I think it's important. So first off, I, I, I got to tell you, because one of my passions 
is working with and helping people suffering from addiction, substance use disorder. And, you know, my brother now has been sober for 10 years, couldn't be more proud of my brother, Wes. And we've created the second program in the country that helps get people um, addicted to opioids into treatment. We put over 500 people into treatment and it just really fuels the soul. It's one of my passions. So incredible and incredible job. So proud of what you've done there. We don't have time to go into it in this episode, but we actually will probably put some stuff out on it through the week when we promote the podcast and share, you know, information on the podcast, but you've created a 24 seven zoom space uh, that, that people can go to you and your wife have, have created a a suicide prevention uh, organization that the work that you're doing is, is, as I talk to Anthony, I'm like, like, I got to do more. Like this guy is just like, now when I go on vacation, I'm not going to feel okay. Just like relaxing, but this controlling addictions, what I challenge people to do is to say, this isn't just about if you're addicted to alcohol or cigarettes, these addictions and Anthony really brought this to life more for me in our conversation last week is about what are those things from stopping us from being the best version of ourself that are inhibiting our mindset, our energy, our ability to solve problems and our emotions. And that's a good transition because you put such a high level of emphasis on understanding our emotions and the impact of our emotions. You want to walk us through that? You know what, Danny? I, I, great, great stuff. By the way, we're going to talk about uh, the, the website. It's yeah, AA, go ahead. AAHomegroup.org, AAHomegroup.org. And uh, the other uh, suicide prevention is Angel Forever Foundation. So both of those are dear, uh, near to both my wife and I. Uh, great, great organizations. You know, and, and so, about- and that'll be for our listeners. That'll be linked directly in the podcast description, and I'll be sharing that on LinkedIn. If you're not following me and Anthony on LinkedIn, please go follow us. Send a connection. I, I accept every connection on LinkedIn. And um, here in a few weeks, when this podcast drops, um, there'll be stuff. Uh, related to it, and there'll be something specifically specifically on this. So go ahead and take over uh, that understanding the emotions in that. So, Danny, emotions are just like drugs, right? I, I relate our emotions and our emotional disconnect uh, to, you know, we are not our feelings. Oftentimes, I can get confused and caught up in, well, I feel this way or, well, I feel that way, and I can really check out of life. You know, for me, a fear and anger or resentment, those are probably my favorite drugs of choices when it comes to emotions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, uh, anger is tequila. You might as well take a shot of tequila. <laughs> Let me get mad at them. You know, uh, if, if you look at resentment, it might be a fine bouquet of wine. You know, I can, I can swirl it around. I can look at the tannins. I can just sit in the misery of a resentment to somebody, right? It, 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 Anytime I'm resentful at somebody, it has nothing to do with them. It's all happening over here. I use that to check out of whatever I'm working on. I blame them. It has nothing to do with them, right? It's always about me. Any resentment I'm having has nothing to do with them. It's always about me. You know, uh, anger, fighting is gin. If I want to really get a good, oh, right? And they're very similar to drugs and alcohol. They check me out of my current state of being, right? And if I want to check out, and not be engaged, let me just get angry at somebody, let me get frustrated. Let me use those emotions to hide from really what's going on in the spot. I can notice my body doing that, right? If I'm onto something really hard, it happens all the time, it happens, and I start to notice myself, oh, look at you. Now I can start to notice it, stand back and go, oh, look at you. You just got mad at somebody, but what are you afraid of? What's, what, what's the part that you're not getting? So back up for a second. 
and start to really look at it. You know, I, I, all of a sudden I, I, I can find myself saying, oh, I have a justifiable anger. No, I do not have justifiable anger. There's no place for that to belong in my life. I make those things up. There is nothing in my life that I'm allowed to be mad at, right? When, when I play the game right. Now look, I certainly go below the line and if I catch myself doing it. And I just noticed that that's a practice. It's like going to the gym. When I'm in practice, I'm doing good. I'm going to the gym all the time. When I stop going to the gym, changing, you know, when I'm sitting on the couch, the hardest gym thing to do at the gym is getting from the couch back to the gym. Well, the same thing happens with those emotional uh, deals. When I start to notice, oh, look at you. You got resentful or you're holding on to some anger or you're really creating some frustration. Just noticing it first is the first way to start to unwind it. Yeah. And then be great and have some grace for yourself, right? Hey, we're human, right? We're not going to be perfect. And have a little bit of grace and go, all right, look at you. You, you did that. Now let's just let's, let's, let's back that up and start to notice what triggered it, right? Where did I get, where did I go off? Where did I get triggered? And start to work back. And if I own it, someone amends, hey, I'm sorry. You know, I, I owe someone amends today. Yesterday, uh, my banker didn't do something I, I liked and I got really kind of forceful. Well, I woke up, I woke up this morning going, I owe Johnny an amends today. I need to call him up and go, hey, Johnny, I was afraid of these 40. Someone scammed an internet scam on us for $44,000. And my fear went to, I'm going to lose it $44,000. I'm in a conversation with him. He didn't do what I wanted him to do. And all of a sudden, I got angry about it. Now I can look at it and go, I was just afraid about losing 44,000 bucks. I made that mean a whole bunch. And it is. So it's, 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 a, it's a lot of money. But at the end of the day, that was just me being afraid. And then to do with Johnny and what was going on with him. So now I, I got to go back and if I don't clean that up, every time I talk to that guy, it's going to be in the air. And somewhere, I'm not going to like the guy. Right? I'm, going to, I'm going to make it his fault. And Johnny didn't. And the bank didn't. And I'll be holding on to that. And I'll be blaming someone else for something I started out of fear I had about the $44,000. It's just one of the examples where I, suck the, I could suck the energy out of, a, out of a glorious relationship I have with this bank. I have a glorious relationship with them. And I can ruin all of that by not cleaning up the mess I caused, the amends I owe him uh, for that behavior. The greatest leaders have very high, high EQ, very high level of emotional intelligence. And I mean, you just brought to life what emotional intelligence is and what very high levels of it, of it makes. And going in and owning something and apologizing and making yourself vulnerable, that's not a sign of weakness, that's a sign of strength. And that, that's incredible. So we've got about, we've got about five minutes left to, mm-hmm. to hammer out communication and to talk about communication. And I remember last week, just like in every area we've talked about, you just got a unique way of bringing things to life. Um, and, and for you, communication is one of, of, of those top tier things. Take it from there. Yeah, you know what? Uh, as a group, you know, just like we were just, I was talking about, when there's something in the air between two people, Right, it makes it really difficult to communicate, and that's why when I sit down with leadership uh, people and we do our one-on-ones, we start with, "Hey, is there any any? We call it charges around here, right? Uh, when we, we are you carrying a charge for me, or any, is there anything that's in between our relationship that we need to talk about up front? And oftentimes we'll talk about, "Hey, you know, Anthony, we were in a meeting the other day when you said something, I kind of felt like you were pointing at me. Oh, great, let's, let's talk about that." How did you feel that way, right? Or I, I might be the same, same thing back with them, and we'll bring that out because it'd be really difficult for us to have a, a conversation about anything if I'm holding a charge for that person. 
right? It's what we call holding a charge. And then we, we, we break that down and we, we get to a conclusion on that. How did that happen? And most of the time, it's something I'm reflecting on. I'm, I'm literally projecting onto them, right? If, whenever I'm mad at somebody, I've projected something. I've, I made you say something, mean something over here. It really has nothing to do with what they said. It's just something I made it mean. And I, I, I put that out there. So I, we start out with, with that kind of, that, that type of a clearing together as a group. And then we start to look at, hey, is there a charge with anybody else that has you not be able to be in the room with me today? Right? As we start to look at it, is it maybe there's something else going on in your family or life that you, know, you can't be present in the conversation. So as we start to communicate, noticing that open dialogue, that, that open uh, uh, part, it's uh, a good place to start uh, as a brand. And then you know, when we talk to each other or we talk to any of our customers, we do a thing what we call the echo around you. Right, so anytime that we're we're communicating, the problem is that I say something, I think that it landed, Danny, I think it lands with you over there, and then I, I walk away like Danny got everything I want, and Danny's like, no, I didn't just want to tell him, I, I didn't say a damn thing he said. <laughs> so if I don't do the echo back and make sure that, and it's not like you're belittling it, but it's just proper communication. Hey, are we sure that are, are you comfortable with that? Yeah, I'm comfortable with that. Does that mean that you understand that we're you know? And, and the, the part where we go back and forth with the echo, right? I echo back what you, I believe you said, and then that way it gives me the ability to go out and do what I need to do to fulfill on what my obligation or commitment is to you, uh, something that you're doing. Wow, I love that. And, you know, this, this whole idea of the, the charges and holding a charge, look, as, as much as we want to be in tune with how we're coming across and how we're impacting other people. We're not hundred percent. We're human beings. And in creating intentional environments where you can get these charges out, eliminate them, talk about them, own them. It clears that slate. Otherwise these things build on each other. And you talk about that guy walking through the company with the red bag that's full. A lot of times they're full of those charges. And many times it's a miscommunication and sometimes, Hey, look, we just mess up, right? Sometimes we didn't come as the best version of ourselves. And then the echo, being, being able to make sure there's a clear understanding, especially, especially when the conversation could be taken as negative and especially when the conversation is so important that something has to be executed to a certain level. And, and that's a big deal. And I think that that this this understanding and these charges and then creating and noticing and creating this open dialogue, these are all things that really drive the high culture you've created at, at the CDO group. And, and I just commend you so much for that and your heart for serving others and making a positive difference and impact in others. What is a call to action that you would leave our listeners with today? You know, I think that uh, as we look at our, look at ourselves first, right? Uh, before we look at anybody outside of ourselves, if I look at me, if I work on me today, that's the best I can do, right? If I go, if Anthony Montegui goes and works on himself today, besides all the other stuff that are out there, if I, if I can work on being more selfless, right? Taking care of my vessel, finding the, looking at the magician and everybody that I, I meet today, right? When I really look at people and look at their majesty rather than their darkness, uh, you know, and I work on those things. And when I don't see that, get myself back into tuning that back up. Because how do I see your light? Some, something's going on with me if I'm not seeing the brightness in you. So uh, I think that's the, our call of action is to really look at 
us uh, as leaders and be uh, me first. That's the work starts here and the rest of it will happen from there. Wow. I, I love that. Talking with Anthony Amunategi, a phenomenal, phenomenal man who, who is a great leader is running an incredible company, has, has created an incredible team. And I know he would just shoot back like, hey, I didn't create this. Our team has created this. Everybody has an impact on that culture. His call to action is look at yourself first. Work on me today, right? How do we get 1% better every day? People so often are looking to point everywhere else. And if we point at ourselves, how powerful is that? If everybody points at themselves and says, Look at ourselves first. How can I work on me today? Anthony, thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to come on the show and, and, and really share leadership excellence with us today. Danny, I'm so grateful. I bless you for the work you're doing. I thank love you. your podcast. The work you're doing is making a difference in this world, and I'm grateful to have been a guest on your show. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, as a reminder, and it's going to be in the podcast description and details, if you know somebody who's struggling from addiction, there's a great resource that Anthony's working on. It's a 24-7, it's in a Zoom format, AA-style type meetings. You can connect with people and get that support right away. Him and his wife are also running a suicide prevention. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not a group uh, organization. Um, and that'll be linked as well. If you know somebody struggling, especially now, this, this conversation is happening two days after the election. We still don't know the winner of the presidential election. Every, COVID, we're in the heart of COVID. We really got to look out for people because people who suffer from substance use disorder, brain health issues, this is the time that they struggle the most. And this is the time where the least amount of resources are available to them. As we tie things in, you know, mindset and Anthony brought this to life, is truly the foundation for our success. Understand the emotions that drive us. Optimizing our verbal, nonverbal communication is simple. Know what our charges are, the power of echoing. We really got to understand our emotions, have high levels of EQ, and, and the call to action is, is a look at us. How can we become better versions of ourselves? Uh, if you're connecting, if you're interested in connecting with Anthony, learn more about him. He's on LinkedIn. That's going to be, that's going to be detailed in the podcast notes um, and other places you can find them will be there as well. To our listeners, thank you for sharing this time with us. If you found this episode helpful, please consider subscribing, give us a rating, leave a review, share it with your network. This truly helps us help more people. That is what it's all about. Gives organic reach. If you want to get more information, stay in touch with the Leadership Excellence Podcast. You can subscribe to our email list on our website. That's, that's linked below. Uh, we promise not to overwhelm your inbox. Uh, the direct link is, is in the podcast description. Thank you for joining us today. Follow Anthony's lead by remembering to always be committed to excellence.